1: Welcome to the Luck on Sunday podcast, a weekly audio digest of all the best bits of Luck on Sunday. Free to air every Sunday from nine o'clock that brings you the best guests and insight from
2: around the racing world. Well, there are many great things about sitting in for Nick uh, on Luck on Sunday. There's you watching uh, there's a chance to discuss the big races and topics of the week with some of the most important players in the sport. There's a great production team, of course, to work for and the opportunity to meet and chat some of the real rising stars. So this morning I'm uh, saying how do you do? And welcome to Kevin Philippa Defoy, trainer, trainer, very much on the up as well in Newmarket at the moment. No wonder there's such a big smile on your face. It's going rather well.
3: Thanks a lot. Um... It's going all right, I'm not. Yes, I'm always a bit pessimistic and negative, we were, always could be better, but yes, we have to be happy with the start.
2: And uh, one of our guests later on is Dan Muscat, who rides a lot for you, and the team here is so annoyed that we didn't sort of take in that Lingfield on a Saturday night, before you're both in the RTV studios, you were both bound to romp home with winners.
3: Yes, he had the double last night. Um, and one with you. Yes, and we had one with us together um else would just could improve through the season
2: before we talk racing i'm going to have to talk about heritage your heritage so this is says cornelius Lysert with a sort of complicated sounding name but kevin philipard defoy you're belgian somebody said don't call him french you'll get the same reaction as hercule poirot <laughs> if you uh, start uh, uh, claiming he's french so you're you're belgian what where is the Philippard defoy it's it's as they say quite a handle
3: yes um um, yes, I'm, I'm from Belgium, moved to France when I was 18 uh, to pursue a career in racing. But yes, racing, starting racing in Belgium, it was quite, yes, it's quite a poor, yes, poor racing in, in, that con- yes, in the country now. But so where did, is
2: racing in Belgium? Ostend? Uh,
3: Ostend, Mons. Um, they used to have five or six race courses when I was, when I was a kid. Not, they're only down to two now, um, which is quite sad to see. But you have some very good people and horsey people there. Um, who gave me the good foundations to go on, go on and build from, build from it?
2: So, that, so what's happened to the Belgian racing industry?
3: But it's all—it's all down to, um, unfortunately, the open market, um, based with the bookmakers, and we we opened the market in Belgium without any rules and law in place, and as um, yes, it well, all went downhill from there, France man, yes, France managed to open yes, to put more regulation in it, and racing carried on in a much better way in France than it than did in Belgium.
2: And I suppose they've got France on one side, Britain and Ireland on a different side, Germany as well, so there's bound to be a bit of squeezing.
3: Yes, exactly. Um, and we tend, yes, we all the most people in Belgium tend to yes, tend to move abroad anyway. Um, some some went to the Middle East, some went to Germany, France, um, and you have, yes, you have a few Belgian people in your market as well.
2: And you went to France as an 18-year-old? Because yes. you had a... You had a sort of dream in your mind.
3: I had a dream in my mind. I wanted to be a trainer from the age of probably 10, 12 onwards. So what's, um, what? So you're a ten-year-old
2: or a twelve-year-old? What? I want to be a racehorse trainer. Most people want to at that age want to be an astronaut. I want.
3: I want yeah. I mean, I did, I didn't, I wanted to be in racing, and I did. I didn't mind that I wanted to be a jockey, but I was a f- fat little boy. Like, and uh, I, knew, I knew I had no chance to be a jockey. Um, I lost a lot of weight to be an amateur, and after. To try to try as a jockey, but it was never yes it was never the end goal, the end goal was to be a trainer so
2: just let 's go back you, you say obviously modestly, a fat little boy, but you, you you lost you lost weight and and you rode in races
3: yes exactly yes exactly um i mean i was I was never a very good jockey, and i was but I, at least I had the experience. Trendies always
2: say this, under, uh, mainly because RTV doesn't have an archive that stretches into Belgium or um, or thank, France. Thank, but, thankfully uh, you yeah. Well, look, I'm sure you're all being modest. I'm, uh, you know, so how would you describe yourself um, looking looking back?
3: But looking back, I was lacking. I was probably lacking the experience of pony racing, um, like you, you, if in this country now, you see you see the up coming guys like um, Benoit or Ray Davis, like they just they've done plenty of funny racing and they just come on and ride their first race like like they've ridden hundreds of them yeah. in the past. Because they've been going through there. Because they've genes. Liked, yes exactly and they've they've had the experience. I my fir- yes, my first race it was like the first time I jumped on the stores with more than three people and it was a big shock, to, shock Where sh- was it? Uh, it was in Mons. Right. And it was over like yes four and a half four longs so this yes. And so you'd r-
2: never been in a race, and suddenly
3: oh, against m- much more experienced riders. Yes, exactly. And yes, you just like and after you don't have many rides, so you don't gain experience very quickly. Um, and you, yes, I mean, I managed. Yes, I managed to ride my winners and, and get to 15. But like it, it was pretty hard. 50, Did you say? 15. 15. 15? No, I wish I did. go <laughs> got to, go to 50. I um, love was- to big up our guests. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and it was, and it was, it was pretty hard, and. Yes, once I moved to yes, went to France and worked for Cricketed. We had a chat about it, and she said, "Just keep riding, just enjoy it. It will never be your career, but at least it's a good experience for for your future. But just have your have in mind that you want to be a trainer."
2: So um, obviously, pony racing has been big in Ireland for decades. Be, become very big in the UK as well. You'd be a big advocate of that, would you?
3: Yes, definitely, um, definitely. Like it's just. It brings the, like it brings the kid, kids through like, to, through a process, and they just they just learn plenty from it. Um, when you see I mean, you, when you see the the two favorites in the the, the apprentice championship this year, they've both done pre- plenty of pony racing.
2: Mm. Um, we'll come on to cricket head in a second, who you've described as almost like a second mother, but your first mother um, Brigitte, she was a, a jockey. Um, she rode a lot of winners.
3: Yes, she rode a lot of winners. Um, she was between France, Belgium, a bit, yes, a, a bit in Germany. Belgium was big. Yes, bel- Belgium racing was big at the time. Um, she was one of the first women jockeys coming, yes, coming through. And yes, I was from a very young age. I was following her on the race course in the waiting room. And yes, I mean, she, yes to, me, to me, she was a superstar.
2: So were you, um, you? you hear of riders whose parents were jockeys as well sort of during school holidays having to be in the changing room or whatever were you were you like that were you oh, yes. getting getting into the whole scene
3: oh yes, definitely like when uh, from my very young age um, I was in the in the room at um actually Kevin Kevin Marks we saw Ed Lad um, in Newmarket now, was a jockey with my mum in Belgium at the time and he knows me from like this from when I was 2 or 3 months old because I was always there um, playing with the I mean I was probably a bit annoying in the wing room because I was playing with saddles and things like that. And at the time, we, yes, young kids were allowed in the waiting room. It was much more open than it is now. Um, and yes, after so we have been brought into in that, that environment from a very young age. That must have been qu- quite
2: something. Sort of uh, running around between the saddles of these, <laughs> uh, you know, yes. these adults all around you.
3: Yes, exactly. And I mean, there's an atmosphere in there. Um, and what, yes, you, yes. You, until you get you in there, you just don't really understand what's going on, but it's very busy between races they they they' very short space of time between races they go f- they've up and ups and downs they are friends but competitors yes, competitors at the same time and it's just a, it's, it's a very strange atmosphere but it's it's great to, it's great to experience it
2: and I suppose they have to be out on the track and deadly enemies don't they but back in the changing room there there's always this talk about what good mates they all are
3: yes exactly um have a good mate and after yes, I mean I mean I've seen my mum being hanged on yes, hanged on the on the wall and things like that. And I was like, oh God, what's happening? But um she, at the end of the day she's she's trained with with some of the, j- the jockeys she rode with many uh, many years ago. And
2: good. I should emphasize that's a jolly Jake, presumably. Yeah yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um being what well, being put up by the scruff of the neck on a yeah, hook or something exactly. like that.
3: Exactly. But yeah. anyway. Um and is she a trainer now? Um she yes, yeah, she trained a couple of horses for yes just as a hobby, um, back, I- back in Deauville, um, she, yes, she is a brood mare and she just enjoys yes, enjoy retirement. She will never f- be fully retired because she can't stop, but she just does, does it a bit slower now.
2: And takes plenty of interest in what's going on in Newmarket?
3: Definitely, she will, she will text me after every single runner um, and she will be the first, one to, yes, the first one to pick when I do something wrong and when I, when I do something wrong. Oh, that's a I'll good be... mum, isn't it? That's oh, definitely, like, you just need to keep, if someone who pushes you forward.
2: Mm. And what about cricket? So um, she's obviously been a, a real mentor as well.
3: Cricket was, as I always said, she was like a su- second mom to me. Um, when I mo- moved from home, she was, yeah, she was, f- yes, always advising me on everything. She helped me along the way, and she, yes, we still speak, and she will still, help me know. Um,
2: and you worked your way out there, didn't you? Didn't you start sort of as a?
3: Yes, I, I started as a rider, and after I ended up doing a bit of everything, I was doing yes to traveling. I was. Had light people assistant and um, but she, it was a great experience because she sent sent me everywhere, uh, made me do everything, and at least I yes, I think it's good for the future to get to I'm, see to And one of, of everything.
2: those everythings was riding Trev, the one and only. Yeah.
3: Yes, great experience, great feeling. Um, there she is. From from the first day we yes, from the first day we took her on the grass, and and she she went on les aigles over, yes for a gallop over seven furlongs, and uh, she just was following the leader and shoot, shoot forward when, once I pulled her out. And I mean, next second I was 10, 12 lengths in front of the of the leader. And we well, whoa, what, what just happened? And cricket was like, oh, we just, we just run her, she knows her job. Um, she won first time out, and obviously she knew her job. And so you
2: write her, you write her very regularly, did
3: you? Uh, I rode her for a, a two and a yes, half or three year old season. Right.
2: Um, so just when, when she shot in that that um, that piece of work that she she shot in yeah. front of her rivals, what 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 did that feel like from
3: the person on top? It's I mean it's probably the same feeling as a Formula One car. You just you go from zero to hundred within within two strides. Um, I probably a the it would gave me a great feel, but that change of gear that day I never never experienced it before. Never will never experience it. I, it's yes, probably never expensive again Um it just you just well some she must be pretty good or she yes or, or I and
2: is there a feeling let's make certain she can do it again or did she go on just sort of showing you more and
3: more she went I would say she went on and got fitter and stronger but um, I wouldn't say she's done better than that um, that change of gear was there from day one Um she was she was a very difficult filly, yes, early on because she was always a bit scared of everything and just uh, very bouncy. But yes, that change of gear from yes, from that day on was always the same, and yes, it always been.
2: And to be part of the cricket head team was one thing, but to be so associated with one of the great horses of the modern era, that that must have uh, that must have felt really special, really nice.
3: Yes, definitely, just. I mean, our, yeah, our, three, our whole career was like incredible. We went, we went in the in the French Oaks on the back of a, on the back of a, just a small condition race, and cricket, cricket, we up there three weeks before the race, and it was like yes, we are going for the, we are going for the Dianne, and that day we were like we were all very confident, and it's weird, it was a weird feeling because it was a Group One, it was a classic, but we knew we had speci- something special in, in our hands.
2: And just before we look back, let's just look forward for a second. The Tattersall's Irish 2000 Guineas and the Tattersall's Gold Cup. The Group 1 centrepieces at the Curra this afternoon. Will it be Tuesday on Sunday in the Guineas at 3.45? And looking forward to State of Rest and Lord North in the Tattersall's Gold Cup. Tattersall's have had a lot of mentions this morning. Hope that'll get me a free drink next time I'm there. Um, and um, that all looks good from the Curra this afternoon, so full coverage. Also, later on today, round two of the Skybet Sunday series at York. Can't wait to see Dakota Gold going for another York success at 5.35. we talking to his trainer, Michael Dodds, on the programme uh, after 11 o'clock. Racing as well on RTV from Nottingham from 1 o'clock and from Fakenham as well. The action starting at the popular North Norfolk venue. Always feel naughty when I say North Norfolk for some reason, but I've said it again. The North Norfolk jumping venue from 1.50 this afternoon. As we say good morning to Emma Berry who's with us on the RTV sofa. Hello, how are you?
4: Very well, thanks. Lovely to be here.
2: Excellent. Well, lovely to see you. Lovely time of year as well, isn't it? For, for, for flat racing. We've got some lovely stuff to look back on but the derby and the oaks are only just around the corner and royal ascot is within shouting distance as well
4: yeah it's the best time of year i mean it's the only drawback is there's so much to keep keep on top of and you sort of don't blink in case you miss something but yeah i mean the countdown to the derby for me is the absolute of, of the flat season
2: yeah talk, talking of the amount going on a friend of mine said to me yesterday do you see that uh, um, we've got an interest in a horse running in jersey on sunday and i said oh my goodness we've got everything going on and there's jersey as well if you're in jersey this morning watching us you're very welcome and have a good day at the races uh, later on today right Uh, It is the weekend, as we've said, of the Guineas in Ireland. The Tattersall's Irish 2,000 Guineas uh, taking place yesterday. Uh, An important race in so many different ways. Native Trail gives Appleby unique 2,000 Guineas clean sweep uh, as he powers home at the Curragh, as reported there. History maker Appleby. So, Native Trail Emma uh, wins in Ireland after Caribus in Newmarket, Modern Games in the French Guineas. So um, he's pulled off this treble, uh, Charlie Appleby, of three guineas with three different horses. That's quite something.
4: It's an extraordinary feat, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, it just goes from strength to strength that stable, and um, two of them, of course, homebreds for golfing as well. So that will give them an extra, an extra puff. But um, Native Trail, you know last year's sort of champion two-year-old to come through and, and bag his own classic now, having been second at Newmarket, is, I'm sure, incredibly satisfying as well. It's terrific.
2: And, Kevin, Drawn 1 uh, was native trail, so the draw wasn't ideal at Newmarket, as it turned out, and I think there were one or two who were slightly concerned that um, that uh, a, a one-draw in this one wasn't ideal either.
3: No, we've seen in the past that you can be a bit stuck on the, on, on the inside and you have some pretty unlucky losers. I um, the ride in the past, but he had plenty of, uh, William had plenty of horse underneath him to just find his gap and make his way through Ray.
2: And there he is in the blue, Wexford native running a big race towards the front. Buckaroo! Buckaroo, Emma, that had been quite talked up, hadn't he? But um, there he is in the Qatar colours towards the outside, but the, the writing's on the wall here.
4: Yes, he just was, was a little flat, which I'm sure they'll be terribly disappointed with, because he'd run a terrific race in the Bally Sacks and uh, I know there was you know, debate as to whether he would actually go to the 2000 Guineas but yeah he's, I'm sure he'll be dropping
2: away quite timely yeah he?
4: absolutely disappointing run from him because he was obviously clear second favorite but
2: and, uh, flat flat spot for Native Trail seemed to me to be quite long this time but in the end he's but he that, that sort of turbo has has hit in in the closing stages
4: yeah he does do that doesn't he gives everyone a sort of moment of oh my god is he going to do it but uh no, I mean, class will out with him, and, uh, and he got it on nicely in the end, certainly. Uh,
2: Marlon La would be well within his uh, reach, I imagine.
4: Just about within his reach, possibly. Just about? Yeah, I'm not, it's, it's a, he's from a very fast family. I, I'm not convinced. He certainly wouldn't want to go more than, than 10, I would think, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if they do try him stepping up.
2: Yeah, and uh, as, he, as you say, getting the job done and uh, beating... Two horses that have have run with real credit uh, just behind, and uh, New Energy. It was just a little bit awkward at the start of the race. There's William acknowledging the the, the crowds at the Curragh, but uh, I thought um, New Energy in particular was was quite. A, that was a striking run,
4: certainly, especially with the way he started the race. Um, as you say, finished really strongly. And you know, another really exciting contender for Sheila Lavery, who's a terrific trainer. She had Lady Kaya, who was second in the Thousand Guineas a few years ago, and she sadly lost her to an accident and um, yeah, given the raw material, Sheila's well able to, to train a horse. She's a very competent yeah. horsewoman.
2: Magnificent uh, specimen as well as you'd expect from Native Trail. Lots of uh, thumbs ups, lots of uh, delight there. And this this unique treble completed by Charlie Appleby and the Godolphin team, winning at Newmarket with Coribus, winning in France as well with Modern Games, and now the 2,000 Guineas in Ireland with Native Trail, and Charlie gave his reaction to the result afterwards.
5: Um, most importantly, like I say, it's this fantastic achievement, and to make history the way it's been done for His Highness Sheikh Mohammed and Team Godolphin and, and, and the team at Moulton Paddocks, they've done such a... fantastic job from from all winter you know what it's like yourself you know with these two-year-olds when you're going through the winter they're long winters and uh you know he's just never missed a beat like like all of them and uh i said we've been very fortunate enough to come into these these group one races with fancied horses and so there's there's of course there's a certain amount of i wouldn't say pressure but yeah excitement nerves and everything else but uh when I saw him cross the line today, I have to say it was a sigh of relief to say he's got the job done.
6: Can you just describe your emotions for us watching the race? Because it can't have been easy at times. There was a moment, just briefly, where it did look like he might be in a bit of a pocket.
5: Yeah, but the one thing about him, William, he's ridden him all of his race course experiences and he rides him so much at home, he knows him inside out. And, and you know, the plan was always to go forward and try and sit box seat, which that didn't come out, you know, straight off the bat. And, and But where William was sat, I was... Dare I say, I was confident. William knows the horse so well, and um, whatever William's decision was, where to park him up, it was going to be hopefully the right one. And you know, when you say he got, it was in that sort of a bit of a pocket there. The one thing I was confident coming into the race was, he was the class horse, and he had the strength there. If he needs to make a hole, he can make a hole. Not, you know, he's just, he's just, he's a big imposing horse. And um, I was, it was one of those nice races to watch. I'm all joking apart. Uh, it was a nice race to watch, and I wasn't to be sigh relief, yes, when he crossed the line, but I wasn't anxious throughout the race.
6: And Charlie, we all know, obviously, he was a champion juvenile multiple group one winner. Would it, though, have almost felt like a bit of a travesty if this horse hadn't added a classic to his CV?
5: For sure, yeah. I mean, everyone not want to see the, 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 the champion two-year-old generation come up, hopefully, and you know, fulfil their three-year-old careers, and that's what he's done. And, and like I say, he lost nothing in defeat in the, in, in the, the English guineas there. You know, was, a, was a horse that we fought highly of, and you know, people can have their opinions of we were drawn on two flanks, and had they been drawn together, would it have been a, you know, a, a closer contest? Well, we never know that. But this horse doesn't have to do have to do you know prove himself anymore. He's a classic winner at three, and I'm delighted for, like I say, the whole team at Moulton Paddocks and and uh, His Highness and. Uh, team godolphin and uh you know norman williamson being here and uh, the, the the you know david and have bought him there so uh yeah, it's, everyone's everyone's got their uh, their day in the sun as they say
6: and charlie as well as completing a tremendous hat trick obviously with those classic successes in britain france here in ireland it does set up a tremendous second half of the season if you like what sort of
5: ideas have you got in your head about the three horses now i think yeah, they're, as i say they're nice healthy conversations to have instead of having to try and find one that's got to try and win a race to try and find one where you've got to try and potentially keep them apart or get the best out of them um modern games he'll head to the to the french derby um you know we know it might be right on the end of his sort of petrol gauge should we say but um he's a horse that d- races the right way around he gives himself every chance to get the the 10 round there at longchamp or chanty and um then, um, as respects to Caribus and uh, Native Trail, Caribus is always going to go straight to the St. James's Palace, but now this horse will have to come into conversation over the next sort of 10 days, two weeks of, you know, what will be like them to sort of take each other on again. I mean, you know, we all know that St. James's Palace is a fantastic race, and it's the last chance of these three-year-olds competing over the mile, you know, against one another. So, um, yeah, nice conversation to have. The answer I don't know is the honest answer.
6: <laughs> Time will tell, Charlie, with this horse as well. Ten furlongs has been spoken about as a real possibility for him later on. Is that at the back of your mind still?
5: I think. Look, he, he gives himself. He's got a, a racing head there that he give himself a chance to get the ten. Um, you know, on, on pedigree, you can. You can. Yeah, there's a, a strong com, you know conversation being had to say yes on the dam side he could, but he's a wasted dream. He's doing nothing wrong over the mile at the moment. But he, you have to say he does his best work. he's always been the last he, when he goes through the lines, he's the strongest part of his race. So um, uh, I, I wouldn't knock it, you know, knock it out of the park and say, no, he's not going to, to get 10. Um, but like I say more important, I think the conversations will be had over the next sort of 10 days in, in, in respects to do we allow the pair of them to take each other on in the St. James's Palace first.
2: And what fun conversations are there going to be uh, having to decide whether Native Trail and Caribas take each other on at Royal Ascot. How good, Kevin, would that be? The St James's Palace Stakes, you you get two Guineas winners in the, practically the same colours taking each other on again. How good would that be at Royal Ascot?
3: I mean, that's that's what racing is all about. It's about about them big horses take, yes, taking taking each other on at the bigger stage. Um, it's a nice conversation to have for them will they st- when will they st- try st- to step up uh, native trail is the qu- is the other question will they do it on his next run or will they wait a bit later in the season mm-hmm. um he all kind of always hit that flat spot um he might, he might not have that right spot, and, and line strongly over Maraquita. Who knows? But it's no, it was. It's great to see, and great for to see Godolphin back at the, yes, back on the biggest, his mm. biggest stage. And
2: Charlie mentioning Norman Williamson there, and Norman Williamson, uh, once upon a time, as far as racing was concerned, completely associated with national hunt racing. Now very much associated with flat racing and buying and selling horses as well. And just, just remind us of the, the, the native trail story with Norman.
4: Yes, Norman Bolton and it. Janet, his wife. Absolutely. Norman um, uh, with, um, with Mags O'Toole bought him as a yearling and then he, he's effectively a breeze-up Pinhooker, if you like, so he buys yearlings and sells them on at the two-year-old sales um, and Native Trail, like Cache, um, the 1,000 guineas winner, both came from breeze-up sales. It's been a terrific year for that sector this year. You know, a lot of success for those. there's a small band of people who, who do this sort of specialised training, if you like, through the, through the winter, get them galloping and buyers have the chance to see them, you know, in action before they before they decide to buy the horse, and Native Trail came through that way. Norman's done a great job in that that field since he's retired as a jockey.
2: And just a quick word, the pendulum has swung towards uh, the the breeze-up sales. Why why do you think that that has particularly happened? Does it just happen, we've got some results, some really good results, from horses that have come from the breeze-ups, or do you think there has been a sort of swing of the pendulum?
4: I think there are a number of factors, certainly the, the, that sector has, has come up with its results over a number of years. You've got horses like Trip to Paris, Gold Cup winner, and Trushan, another really good stares. So it's not one-dimensional, it's not just fast, early two-year-olds coming out. There's horses with scope that will train on very well as we've seen here with Native Trail. Um, they're very professional, the people involved, and I think from a buyer's perspective, you're not buying them until the spring of their two-year-old season, so it's a shorter lead in time, hopefully. To when they when they might run. That's not always the case. Some need a little bit longer you know, running in, in the autumn or perhaps even as a three-year-old. But it, yes, it's it's sort of a, a different aspect to, to buying from just the sort of traditional yearling sale format.
3: Big breeze up fan? Big breeze up fan. Um, we had Pearl last year We just, um, with a breeze up. Um, for an, it's for another point of view. You're just kind of saving on the expenses of having your horse, breaking your horse and having your horse over the winter and you kind of have a better idea of the can yes the horse that you're buying. So um, so yeah. the very
2: practical business reasons that yes. high in your mind.
3: Oh defi- definitely. Um without a doubt and and I mean they've been usually successful yes yes we have seen yesterday t- two other good results um, in England with preserved.
2: Well let's stay at the CARA uh, and uh, have a look now at the Marble hill stakes two year old here, um, and we've in the derrick Smith uh, first colors, and um, this horse uh, has done this didn 't actually go off favorite, but uh, Emma has done this in in really good style
4: yes, he certainly has hasn 't he? And this is his third run, unbeaten I mean looks uh, basically full steam ahead for the royal Ascot now, his sire no nay no, never won the uh, Norfolk, and I think he 's more likely to go to the Coventry by the sound of it, but uh, Tough Talk, the runner up, was very, very good first time out winning on Derby for Moyglare. And went
2: off favourite, actually, didn't it? Uh, I thought that the the betting was quite interesting. That Tough Talk, the runner up for Ger Lyons, um, has, uh, and as a result, for those who are punters, this black beard following up successes at Dundalk and at the Curragh previously I, I thought it was striking Ryan Moore to, to my eye here looks as though they're really trying to, to, to teach him something make certain he's getting more professional and to find out just how good he is uh, that, that was my sort of impression of that race
3: yes he definitely kept him to his work all the way to the line just try to teach him something even if he doesn't have any company um, so it's good when they've, yes, they've been more experienced on race course before going to Royal Ascot no no,
2: never is making a, a real impression.
4: Yes, he is. He's having a great year this year with his two-year-olds. He's had a lot of winners already. Obviously, he had alcohol free last year for, for Andrew Balding, um, ten sovereigns as well. He's yeah. He, I, I think we'll be hearing a lot more, a lot more about him in the years to come.
2: And that horse now favourite for the Coventry, if not actually favourite, then very nearly favourite for the Coventry Stakes. My goodness, every t- every time at this time of the year, you you say something has done something nicely. Uh, uh, you're you're thinking, gosh, Royal Ascot, and then uh, you know race after race, and and how this Royal Ascot is really building itself up for the middle of next month. As we move now to Haydock, and uh, the Temple Stakes, I love the Temple Stakes. Kingslyn boost for Royal Team at Ascot. Kingslyn has been a, a good horse for Her Majesty for some time. Royal Colours on the far side of the track. David Probit, part of a wonderful day for David Probit. And um, Kingslyn has, do- uh, Kings has done that nicely. There's a lot of talk about Twilight, F- Twilight Falls run at the end of this one as well.
4: Yes, absolutely. So, no, but very close run thing. Um,
2: In the Cheeble Park stuff. Uh, indeed, colours.
4: by their stallion... Um, Twilight San as well. He had a terrific day. I think he had two other winners at AEW yesterday, and a runner-up here in the Group Two. Um, but as a Windsor girl um, and a staunch monarchist, we love to see the Queen having a winner. And I mean, this this family as well for her has been uh, has been around a while. And at here I think Ian Balding trained his great granddaughter. So you know, it's it's a family she's nurtured. Um, I hope, guess Royal Ascot has a great chance there. Actually.
2: And I think they they're talking about uh, running in the King's Stand. So this this is five and five five furlongs at Royal Ascot. Uh, do you see Kings Lynn playing a playing a big part?
3: Yes, I think what, um, As- Ascot should suit him a bit better. Fight the five and a half there, David. Yeah, I mean it's not five and a half, but it's a stiff five And, stiff and five, Dave, yeah. David thought thought it would be the the ideal the ideal track for him. So um, no, it was great to see, yes, great to see a, a good winner for Majesty the Queen and a life chance for Ascot. Yeah,
2: at the end of a. a, a generally a very good week for, for Royal Runners as well. We'll talk more about that in just a second. So there's Kings Lynn en route to the King's Stand Stakes at Royal Ascot and looking forward to that. And just a word about David Probett. He, he rode, 70, I think he was champion all-weather jockey, wasn't he? Mm. 77 winners, 22 so far this year, that treble yesterday. Yeah, here, here's a guy um, who is really getting plenty of good opportunities at the moment and is really grasping those
3: opportunities. Yes, definitely. I think he's always been a bit un- underrated. Um, obviously o- Oshin, Oshin not being here this year, he gets a lot more opportunities and he shows, he shows what he's capable of. Um, g- very very nice guy, very hard worker, um, he grafted all, all the way through the winter and he, he gets rewarded he known on the bigger stage.
2: And the, uh, of that treble, uh, the horse called Who Put 50 in You was uh, really striking. Um, It was a a real thriller for the Silver Bowl and uh, if you get a chance looking at the replays on the racing tv app or on the website then have a look at that uh, because who put 50 in you slightly curious name i think that name is to do i have a joke with jonathan harding of the racing post when he's being noisy in the media center i say who put 50 pence in you meaning that you know the meter is uh, is really whirring away and uh, i think who put 50 in you is perhaps uh, a relation to that kind of uh, idiom so we move on to the Sandy Lane Stakes. Learned something yesterday. The Sandy Lane is the pathway, apparently, that goes across the race course at Haydock. El Cavallo in two shades of brown on the far side of the track. Uh, Clifford Lee, Carl Burke. This team, Emma, they're absolutely, talk about, on fire.
4: They certainly are, aren't they? Or
2: well, particularly the stable, but pl- plenty of them ridden by Clifford Lee.
4: Yep, having a great run, Carl Burke. Um, a terrific trainer. I think probably. He and William Haggis are fighting out of the top of the hot list at the moment, but um, no, and I mean, Carl won this race with quite reflection a few years ago, Who went on to the Commonwealth Cup and won there at, at Ascot, I'm sure that would be his plan for this horse, he was very determined and, you know, saw it out really nicely, um, it was just uh, a sort of very unflashy um, performance if you like, but very solid and, you know, it's a, a horse clearly Keep on your radar for the future big sprints
2: and uh the Clifford Lee was interviewed afterwards obviously he didn't want to get involved in saying what the next uh, race should be, but there was talk about the Commonwealth Cup, but uh, he mentioned the jersey stakes as well clearly uh, this this horse old Caballo, has booked, booked a ticket to Royal Ascot, hasn't he
3: Yes, definitely I mean he won his last six starts um, and he never he never he's never impressive, but he get, always gets a job done straight in the line strongly so no, he's definitely, definitely a really good day.
2: Well, Carl is able to join us now from his stables at Middleham in North Yorkshire. Carl, morning. Congratulations. Uh, another really nice
7: winner for the team. Morning. Thank you, Connor. Yes, yeah, yeah, he's, um the team's going well. They're fit and healthy and hopefully we can keep it going. And uh, he, he's OK after, after
2: yesterday's exertions?
7: As far as I know, I'm not actually at home. I've stayed over um, with a friend over uh, for the match at Liverpool today. So um, I haven't oh. seen him, but I've had a report that he's fine.
2: All right. What, 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 we'll come on to your your forecast for the match in in just a second. But what what, what about the last few weeks? What was it? Four winners at York and a couple of one twos as well.
7: Yeah. Well, the horses have been in form. We had a great winter on the all weather. Um, the horses performed really well. All the all the big t- horses hit their targets, and and it's carried on into the turf. And the nice thing is, we've still got a, plenty plenty of ammunition to go at.
2: And can you, on these occasions, do you try and put your finger on what's going, whether you're doing something really well or, because obviously there are times when things aren't going quite so well, aren't there? So what what's your, what do you feel the key is?
7: Um, well, the horses are healthy for a start and A and B, they've got ability. So um, that, that's the main, main ingredient. Um, after that, it's just um, the routine's good. And, you know, we've had the same routine for a long time now and uh, the staff are working hard, and, and we've got good people around us. And all that terrific air in North Yorkshire?
2: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. There's no better place to train. <laughs> um, and uh, the Spigot Lodge team, what, what are you what are you thinking with El Caballo now? Royal Ascot is clearly uh, t- top of your agenda.
7: Oh, 100%. I mean, it, we've been thinking of Royal Ascot for, for a long while, and I was talking with John Hughes yesterday um after the after the um, race yesterday and you know basically the plan has been as it's turned out you know there are those six races we, we brought him back after his after his injury um so sort of five races he's won after his injury and um we've hit every target so it's uh, Royal Ascot is the next one and and the horse deserves a chance at a group 1 I think and at at um
2: York you had these winners uh four of them uh, I, I just wanted a word about Clifford Lee because he he was um, was he second on, on on to a couple of the winners as well. He strikes me as a uh, a rider who's very much part of your team and uh, one who just makes a better and better impression these days.
7: Yeah, he's, um, Cliff's been with us for a long time now, and you know I'm not sure eight eight or nine years, maybe maybe even ten. Um, he came to us uh, having ridden a couple of winners for Ed Walker. Um, he was pretty raw, but. Uh, he obviously had a lot of ability. He's just been a little bit of a what I'd call a slow burner. Um, you know, he's taken, he's improved gradually each year. And this year, you know, he's been given good chances. He was given a lot of chances last year when Ben Curtis, uh, who was riding a lot of our horses, went to, to to Mark Johnson's and Cliff stepped up and he still made a few mistakes, but he's learnt along the way. And I was delighted to to give him that uh, first group winner yesterday. It was good. He's ridden very well over the last. Um, 12, 12 or eighteen months. Really, he's just gradually progressed into a into a very useful jockey. And when
2: interviewed on television
7: afterwards, he said
2: Commonwealth Cup, but he mentioned the Jersey Stakes as well. Have you have you made a you know a, a specific definite target?
7: Um, I would have, think have to go for the Group One. You know, he's won a Group Two now. He wins a Group One, it makes him into a stallion. You know, he he deserves that chance. The the reason the, the only reason of the thinking of the Jersey was he stays seven. Um, If he'd have got beaten yesterday and looking as though he wanted that extra film, then that would probably have been the the obvious route. But he deserves a chance at a Group 1, and and I'm pretty sure that's where we'll go. That's not to say we won't make an entry in the jersey just as a a backup. Ground would probably play a factor in that. If it came up absolutely rattling it quick at um, Ascot, then we'd have maybe a a think about the jersey. But um, no, I'm pretty sure we'll be heading towards the the, um, Commonwealth Cup.
2: How long is it until the Kazoo Derby? 13 days until the 243rd staging on the 4th of June as part of the Platinum Jubilee celebrations and the holiday. And, um, yeah, the the, the build-up to that is going particularly strongly at the moment. And uh, we are going to talk now about the walk which is taking place uh, between central London and Epsom today. Simon Durant is the general manager at Epsom, and I think he is... Oh, there he is. There he I am. Is... I'm, I'm pleased you're not huffing and puffing. How, how far in are you?
1: Well, Cornelius, we have made it to three and a half miles. Um, I notice you're not with
2: us. We did wait for you. We bought you a cup of coffee, but we had to set off without you, I tried. I wanted to do the programme gradually. Uh, from 9 o'clock to half past 11, and we'd have made it from Knightsbridge to Epsom, I'm sure, in those two and a half hours. You like really the production team that. said, no, 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 we've got to stick to the studio. Maybe next year. <laughs> uh, so, just to be, you're three and a half miles in, which, by math, my my math means, what, you've got 18 and a half miles to go. Yeah, thanks for the reminder. Um, yeah, 20-mile walk between uh, Tattles Tavern in
1: Knightsbridge, uh, following the A24, up onto the Downs, and um, a barbecue when we get there, I
2: think. And this is a walk that has become, as uh, on um, social media, hashtag Derby Walk. This is an event that's become a sort of part of the tradition of the build-up to uh, the Derby and the Oaks, and uh, and, you, and your big two days of the year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, a crazy guy by the name of John Sandys uh, said about this in 2009 and said, uh, you know, let's let's remember how they how they used to walk to the Derby back in the day. Um, and so now it's a, it's a great charity fundraiser, tens of thousands of pounds since 2009. Racing the disabled, riding for the Disabled, sorry, Racing Welfare, Caroline's Vision not so long ago. And, yeah, it's now really in the diary as one of those dates just
2: before the big two days. And why the Tattersalls Tavern particularly? Uh, obviously, there, there is a, uh, a name connection. Is that in Knightsbridge? Is that where the Tattersalls, once op- from where they once operated?
1: I think that's where it all began back in the day. Yeah, Sadly, it's not open when we get there for a nine o'clock start I think a pint might have settled the nerves a little bit. But, yeah, good central base
2: to begin. Uh, uh, I see. There are refreshments at Morden Hall, so you'll be thinking about Morden Hall uh, as there's, you yeah. as you make your way. We get refreshments. Never before all the way,
1: has Morden actually. Hall been so popular. <laughs> I think there's a, ra- a, ra- a It's almost like a dash to Morden Hall just to get there first. Yeah. So three and three and a half. But how many people taking part this year, roughly? We got we got about fifty taking part this year, and and John's done a cracking idea in that we've got the, the twenty mile walk for us us ones that have done it before, but if you want an entry, there's a dash version of it as well, which actually starts with Morden Hall, which pretty much cuts it in half, but a nice link
2: to, to our own dash, obviously. Yeah, uh, though a little bit more stamina sapping. A absolutely little bit more right. stamina sapping than your own dash, though. Absolutely right, absolutely. Um, and um, before we let you walk on, um, I, I was reading the, the Surrey Comet... Uh, which is an important part of the media uh, in your part of the world. And you, you confess to sleepless nights in the build-up to, uh, to the derby. You want it to be absolutely right. And this one I... is a particularly special one, clearly.
1: This year is incredibly special. All derbies are, are incredibly special. But this year, the official court, Platinum Julie, lots going on it's really important that, yeah, we make this one absolutely spot on. And, and welcoming Her Majesty um, on Derby Day requires a lot of planning and preparation. So a few sleepless nights, but more importantly, let's get on with the show and let's really enjoy it.
2: And, and how are the planning and preparations, how, how are they all going? 13, uh, 12 days to go until the Oaks? Yeah, Cornelius,
1: they're going really well. Um, from, a, from a track point of view, I think um, Andrew Cooper, the of the course, would like a bit more rain in, in, in the forecast. But from my own point of view in building marquees, structures, etc., this fine weather really, really does help. So, yeah, lots of new, lots of new stuff going in, a big old uh, Jubilee Family Festival enclosure, one for the family, one for the kids, lots of new uh, hospitality areas, including Stanleys that we welcome this year. So, really good. And, and
2: yeah, let's just say the next 13 days are as good as, as, as the last week. And you have a few visitors tomorrow, a few horses coming just to have a little, um, little canter round. Oh, really good was... turnout, from what I understand. I think there's 15. Uh, yeah.
1: Oh, I've lost you. No, we're still here. Sorry, Bonnie. Yeah, I think we have got about 15 horses cantering with us and, and galloping tomorrow. So, yeah, nice opportunity for them to to get to get a feel of things to come, and we'll welcome them in the morning.
2: So thanks to uh, Kevin. Emma will be back with us uh, for more chat a little bit later on. Just quickly before uh, I move on to our next guest, less than a fortnight to go before the Derby, the Kazoo Derby, the 243rd on June the 4th. And one of these Derby-winning greats will be inducted into the Hall of Fame inaugurated by the Kipco British Champions Series. It'll be one of these three, and it's down to you which one of the three. It'll either be Shergar. You need a telescope to see the rest, as Peter Bromley said, commentating in 1981, or Galileo from 2001? Is he going to be the daddy of them all in terms of the Derby? Or will his half-brother see the stars from 2009? Perhaps their mum, Urban Sea, could be some kind of a, a compromise if the progeny tie. Uh, voting closes at midnight tonight, and all details at Horse Racing Hoff, H-O-F as in Hall of Fame, Horse, horse, ho, ho, horse Racing Hoff. Dot com And that uh, closes at midnight. An eight strong panel of judges has put forward. Do you prefer Shergar, Galileo or See the Stars? I think it's practically impossible. So we'll leave it over to you. Right. There's more than a whiff of the global nature of horse racing on luck on Sunday this week with uh, news of the Preakness stakes earlier on. Uh, talk about the uh, globe trotters, Lord North, and uh, also State of Rest coming up later on as well. Plus our, our Belgian-born uh, Kevin Philippa De Foy with us, and our next guest, the jockey Dan Musket, fits neatly into that theme. Because, and I didn't realize. Good morning to you. Mm-hmm. Hello, morning, lovely to see you. I, I didn't realize your South African roots until I did a bit of digging. Yeah. So, so you're, you're. I, I slightly thought you were perhaps Newmarket for, for. Well, you are Newmarket for quite a long time, but South Africa originally.
0: Yeah, I've been in Newmarket for... Um, I've just listened s- to the accent, keep seven talking. Seven years now, and I'm from, from Zimbabwe originally. My, my dad's side of the family were all from over there. Right. Um, and, um, yeah, moved move back to England in 2001. And, yeah.
2: Did so, you have an accent when you, in 2001? Because uh, you haven't got one at all. No,
0: I, I did most of my schooling over here, so... Ah, uh, oh, right. It, it, it trailed off quite quickly.
2: Excellent. And it's going... It, just talking to... In case you, you didn't see the full conversation with Kevin, when I joked about you being jocked off... That was because we were talking about jocking off. There's no suggestion, sure. especially after another win for the combo last night, that you're being jocked off uh, anything at all. So that's good news.
0: Yeah, very good news. I've, I've, I've jocked him off the sofa this morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: have you? Have you been? Have you? Have been jocked off and felt really, really bad?
0: Um, it happens plenty. It's part of the job. Um, you've got to take it on the chin and 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 come back with a smile and and go again. There'll be days when, when you take people off horses and, and other days when it's happened to you and it's, it's not nice to deal with, but um, it's a big wheel, it keeps turning.
2: Mm, well, a- absolutely, as we were saying, that uh, Frankie has replaced other people uh, in the Derby and they've gone on and won on, on uh, uh, other horses. So South African uh, or Southern Africa um, uh, in terms of, uh, of birth, etc., but you've had you've been in Dubai, you've had experience in Dubai, America, plenty in Australia, China as well. Um, come on to China <laughs> in a second. Yeah. But your dad worked for Chris Waller in Australia, so that was that was a big in.
0: Yeah, so my Couldn't dad- Couldn't really refuse you riding out there. No, he? definitely not. Um, Chris is an unbelievable trainer, um, lucky enough to obviously get the opportunity to go over and and experience that through through my father. And it's uh, it more a, a working holiday um, when I was still at school um, going over there. Um but my dad's been
2: Is he assist was he assistant trainer to Chris Waller? He
0: was for about eleven years I think um right. in total. But he trained in his own right in Safka or in Zimbabwe and then Cape Town. Um did a stint in Singapore when we left Zimbabwe when I was very young. Um and then um my mother and my sister and I came came back to it back to the UK. Um and yeah, so I've always had the option to go over for, for holidays um once a year, and he was always in a different continent. So.
2: And Chris Waller, so that was Sydney?
0: Sydney, yeah. yeah.
2: And Wink, was that the sort of time of Winks?
0: Yeah, Winks, Zoo Star, um, a lot of those very good horses. Um, who Shot the Barman? Um, the, the horses there is phenomenal. He's got an unbelievable operation.
2: And Winks was, you know, we were talking about Strad earlier on, Stradivarius being something of a phenomenon in Britain, but Winks was a sort of national personality, uh, wasn't she?
0: Yeah, she was, the way she captivated the whole country, um, and she's, she was a phenomenal, phenomenal mayor, and they campaigned her very, very well, um, to, from a range of trips, she had a versatility, um, ground no, 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 no made no difference to her, and, and Hugh Bowman was top class on her, um, but it was a, yeah, she was, when, the last time I, I was over there, she was, it was just at the beginning of her career, Right. Um, so I, she was in the yard, and I, I saw a bit of her, but
2: never never she, rode her.
0: She hadn't been she hadn't been on track yet. So the, oh,
2: right, right. And you mentioned Hugh Bowman there, who who you know was one of the people that you say that you 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 learnt plenty from.
0: Yeah, there's some very good riders in Sydney, um, and I really enjoyed my time over there. Hugh was Hugh Bowman was very um, helpful to me, as was Nash Willett and um, and Kira McAvoy. are um, a different style of racing over there, but I, I felt it. Um, it tied me up a lot when I was when I was still an apprentice and I I brought plenty of things back that I used day in, day out here.
2: And I remember you as an apprentice. You were at Kingsclere, weren't you? You, you were at that, that academy, yes. at the Balding Academy.
0: Yes, yeah, started off in Kingsclere with, with Andrew and annalisa and um which was fantastic. I'd, to be honest, I was only thinking the other day I'd like to go back and do it all again. Um, I Have you told a...
2: David about that?
0: <laughs> uh, no, no, I'd, I think I'd probably just take it a bit less seriously. But um, they... Uh, they look after you well, and they give you a very good grounding. It's a great place for a, for a young person. Did you go straight from school to, straight to from, there? Straight from school, I think I did my last exam on the Friday and, and was there on Sunday evening, ready, you, to, ready to start Monday morning.
2: Did you pass the exam or were you too excited to be getting to...
0: Um, f- I, I, I got through them. <laughs> were your
2: exams, were, you, were, were they a success?
0: Yeah, I, I got, got the grades that I, yeah. I needed. But you were get.
2: always get, but you always determined to, to get into racing and be a jockey?
0: Yeah, my mum um, and I made a deal that if I... If I passed the, passed the exams well, um, I wouldn't have to stay on and do um, A-levels at sixth form. But if I didn't do one, I'd have to reset and go and do do f- further education. So but that was an incentive? It was, yeah. It was a good bargaining play. I think she knew what she was doing.
2: And so what did she set the bar high or was she pretty generous with the level of the bar?
0: Uh, she said A's and B's, and if if you don't don't get that that far, you've got to.
2: So you got A's and B's in your GCSEs?
0: Pretty much on oh, right. the board,
2: yeah. Well, I, I, I think you were being overly modest. You certainly got them. Well, yeah, like?
0: I, I probably could have applied myself a little bit more. Well,
2: but but you applied yourself enough to get into uh, enough
0: get, enough enough at the last. Uh, I timed I timed my run well.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and you know there've been all these apprentice riders going right the way back. The Martin Dwyers and uh, uh, the David Griffiths and James O'Gorman right the way through to uh, the David Proberts and the William Buicks and the O'Shea Murphys so th- it is quite an academy. Just give, give a bit of an insight what, what, what is it that you're all learning there that you're that is giving you such a good platform at Kingsclare from Kingsclere?
0: i think um, in, in the way I saw it was it's it's, it's a good environment it's competitive between there's, there's obviously always several decent apprentices there, um and you're competitive against each other, um, in a in a in a friendly, constructive way. Um and at the same time you're you're not in a public training centre, so they've got their, their private gallops, private stables, everything, and you're you're looked after and, and minded on the yard so you you have to you you grow up quickly but you, you're you have the support there that you need, um should you need it. Um and I, I find it very very useful. I'm glad that I went there rather than going to, say, a Newmarket when I when I was very young. Because at the end of the day, you're only 16 years old, and um, you have been
2: in a town in Newmarket.
0: Yeah, exactly. And um, it's so it's not a
2: problem being 16 in the middle of well, it's not quite in the middle of nowhere, but it's it's you, you've got to go a bit to get to 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 any entertainment or whatever.
0: Um, well, I think they could just keep a closer eye on you more than anything, um, and you're you're, you're all. You all have to graft together, and because um, it, it, you're competitive with each other within the yard, um, you, you pull each other forward and, and progress as riders. And when I was there, the, you had the likes of Jimmy Fortune, was first jockey. Um, Liam Kearney used to ride out a lot for them. Obviously, David was still there, and um, and obviously um, the apprentices that were riding lots of winners and time for cha- time for um, t- apprentice titles. So you, you had plenty of people to to learn from, and he's got a. A, a very experienced workforce there that they they kind of teach you teach you a lot.
2: And Was it fun as well? Yeah, we enjoyed it. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Well, I'm just because you're talking about the competitive stuff and we want to beat our, our rivals, but I imagine a whole lot of young people together uh, in a fun environment. You have you have plenty or an enjoyable environment. You have plenty of fun.
0: Very much so. Yeah, it feels like a long time ago now. But it was, um, <laughs> no, we we had we had a good fun and there was a good bunch of us at the time.
2: And um, how did you get from Baldings to? But, uh, to another B to to Marco Botti.
0: Um Yes, yeah, so I did. Uh, I did a stint in Dubai in Abu Dhabi with Ernest Ortel after my second season um, riding here with the license, and um, yeah, came came had a couple of winners over there, and um, and got the opportunity to, to to come and ride out for for Marco. And um, I thought that at the time there was a, l- a lot of apprentices at Andrews, um, and Marco didn't have one and um he was obviously just off the back of having horse like celebration and things like that and was 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 an up and coming was a was a big force in in Newmarket and it was a good opportunity
2: and how old were you when fanciful angel went to america and you can't couldn't have really been expecting to ride it and you're ending up riding in the arlington million
0: yeah no that was on, how old were you at the time i think i was mm, 20 oh, just right. about, yeah um but i I don't But it was
2: considered a big thing at the time, generally, so it must have been massive for you it was
0: huge yeah know And you
2: going for the second
0: <laughs> i know yeah was, he was an outsider the owners were very sporting took a chance and they kept me on him after I'd only just come out my um my claim this, the previous summer um and you need a horse like that to to kind of keep you in the limelight, so to speak i I never really had a big horse to ride when I was an apprentice, but um i got on he he wasn't an easy horse to ride um and I seemed to get a tune out of him, and get get on well with him, and I I rode him in his prep run at Chelmsford, and then he went to Dubai in the new year and won won a carnival race for me. Um, and yeah, it was the, the um, that. And that.
2: what was it that like going to Chicago, etc.? Had you been to America before?
0: Uh, I'd been to New York on holiday, but right. I'd, I'd, I'd... suddenly you're in Chicago and you're in yeah, the weighing <laughs> room. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a great experience. It's an an amazing I track. Bet. It's a shame that it's shame that it's closing down. Um, but that was that was a phenomenal experience, and um, they had to finish second, uh, I don't think many people, many other people, believed it because in the racing <laughs> post the next day they said Danny Tuderud rode him. So oh, did they? Yes. Oh no, they got the wrong Daniel, sir. So. Oh no. <laughs> oh
2: well, so just comical. to put it absolutely on the record, <laughs> yeah. it was this fella that finished second. It was Beach Patrol who won it. Beach Patrol, uh, yeah. in, the, in that Arlington Million, fanciful angel ridden by. This Dan, our Dan, this morning, uh, Dan Muscat, with us on luck on Sunday. So we've ticked off Australia, we've ticked off Dubai, we've ticked off America, we've ticked off Kingsclear and Newmarket, China. Now I'm fascinated by China because um, racing in China is still just developing, and y- you've been quite involved in that that development.
0: Yes, yeah, so, uh, it's um, they've obviously got a a massive amount of wealth in china and they're slightly held back by the uh, gambling restrictions in the mainland obviously hong kong's a huge force um and the china horse club have been working very hard to to get things rolling there properly and uh, just i it just by by luck of the draw really i got a ch- they had a, an exhibition meeting there and i got got a got a chance to go out and um and r- rode the first first winner there so um that was uh, well, that's it was a very different. It wasn't Danny It was definitely you. No, no, no. It was it was very a very um, different experience. But it was a um, so
2: different experience. So, what, in what way was it a really different experience?
0: Just culturally, um, there was a huge crowd, but no, no one was no one there was really racing fans. They they were just there for the spectacle. So um, it was a it was a good atmosphere, and we we were looked after very well by the China Horse Club and um, Eden Harrington was, was and Mister Mister Mr. Taylor were. were it put put a lot of money into it, and and hopefully they. It's still, it's still still a few. We're a few years down the line, and maybe only a little bit closer than than they were then. But hopefully they can get there.